Welcome to Real Raw Recorded, the podcast you never knew you needed, discussing all things fitness, wellness, and life. Here's your host, Daniel Smith. Yes. Welcome back, world. Thank you for tuning in. It is another episode of Real Raw Recorded. If this is your first time checking us out, I appreciate you showing some support. And if you are a repeat offender, thank you so much for continuing to push forward this grind as we grow and we grow and we grow. And without further ado, we're going to jump right into the politicking because as usual, I have a lot to say and not a lot of time. So this week, guys, on the bracket, what we're going to talk about is something I've been pushing off for about a month and and, 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 you know, weeks and weeks and weeks, it's just been something that's been, I think I've been kind of putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and, and I just haven't got it done. So I'm finally going to make this happen. And what's going to happen is I need a new pair of training shoes. So I'm going to break this down real quick. So as you guys know, uh, and if you don't know, for if you're new to the podcast, I have been training for the past six months in a training block to participate in the triathlon of my choice, as well as, you know, a half marathon, all the thong, the thong, the thong, 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 you know, all, all the thongs you can think of. I'm trying to participate in them um, as best as I can. And so this is something that's new to me. I'm a strength explosive athlete. These are endurance events. And so I've been kind of just diving in head first. This has been kind of a 2019 goal, but it hasn't been able to be realized or recognized yet because we've had so many closures. Obviously, we know with the world pandemic happening, uh, we've had multiple closures. So two events were closed for me in 2019 and 2020. So I haven't kind of been able to get to my stride as well as actually, I guess, three events because in 2021, I had an event closed earlier this year. But I've digress. We're going to continue to grind and work our way through. And as I've said in past podcasts, this year, I am going to complete some version of a thon. I don't care what it's going to be. I don't care where it's going to be. I don't care who's going to be there. But this year, before December 31st, 2021, I'm going to make it happen. So with that in mind, for those of you who don't understand that this industry, essentially, uh, it is a high endurance industry. So you're kind of wearing yourself down and, and putting your mind and your body through a lot of work as well as you're putting your equipment through a lot of work as well. And so I need some new trainers. The way it broke down when I initially got started is I had a uh, pair of what we call our heavy duty trainers. So these are for the long run day. So for example, let's say I was running, let's say it's 8K, 8K, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, I'm running 8K. That would be considered my long run days if I was so if I was let's say someone who runs on average 6K. So my long run days would be 8K Tuesday and Thursday. Those are my long training days. So what I would do is I get a bigger, a bulkier shoe. That shoe is going to kind of build me a little bit of resistance. I'm obviously a little heavier, you know, I'm 6'4", 300 pounds. So you just, there's a lot of weight there, and so I have to have some sort of resistance from the ground, a little bit of structure, stability, so I don't hurt my joints. So I I got one. It's called the, the Brooks Beast. So I got a, a, a big, heavy trainer. Uh, but also, I was recommended to get what we call a speed shoe. So the speed shoe is going to be either for your race days or your quick pace uh, explosive training, so things like your sprints or maybe your your hill work or things that are quicker and faster that you don't put as much wear and tear on the body, but you still need a lot of demand from them. And so uh, I, I was able to get a speed shoe as well. However... As I mentioned, you know, I've been training for the triathlon. My actual first goal was the half marathon. So I put a lot of time into my running consistency over the last little bit. And I think it's kind of worn myself down. In fact, I already read up, re-upped on my, 
on my uh, my my Brooks B. So the big thick pair, I had the Brooks B's 18s. I actually had to like search all around the world to get another pair because they're apparently out of style now. And also my foot size is rather large, so they're definitely out of stock. And so I had to kind of, you know, search all over the world to get another pair. I was able to find another pair. So I already re-upped on those, but I never changed my speed shoes because I felt like I didn't use them a lot. Until now, when I took a look at them and they're looking a little worse for wear, and I started to notice I'm getting a little bit of wear on my body that I normally wouldn't get when I use them. And so I posted on my social media. Uh, as a reminder for you guys who do not know, I have a fitness page where I track all of this stuff. So I post videos, images of me training, eating, so on and so forth. It's called The Fittest Smith. So T-H-E-F-I-T-T-E-S-T -E -E Smith, S-M-I-T-H on Instagram. So The Fittest Smith, you can check me out. And I post all this stuff. I posted a poll last week saying, you know, that I was thinking about getting some shoes. What do you guys think? Everyone said yes. Everyone loves new shoes, especially when you're not paying for new shoes. They're like, yeah, for sure, get some new shoes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to post up there. And if you want to Take, uh, take an opportunity to join in the poll. Join me there. I'm going to post some shoe options and we're going to see what we do to kind of get me going again. So that's kind of my goal for the next little bit is I want to get my new trainers. Uh, and part of the reason is this, is that I'm getting much better in terms of my running, not just my technique, but my ability. I'll give you an example. I had a run on Sunday. Late Sunday night, I went up for a run. It was my first 10K. And when I say my first 10K, I don't mean it's the first time I ever ran 10K. It was just my first 10K running just a set distance after months of running really, really long distances. So I was able to kind of step my way back a little bit and just say, you know what? I'm just going to go out and just run just the 10K straight. And to give you an idea of kind of my progression, Guys, so from this 10K since my last 10K, I believe it was in February, I've cut 20 minutes off of my 10K time. So that's pretty, that tells us, uh, you know, one of two things. Either, you know, I have seen some amazing improvements or... I was god-awful before. So it's, it's, it's going to be somewhere, I think, floating in between the two. But that's essentially kind of where I'm at. And so it, it led me to believe that, hey, man, if you're putting in all this effort and all this work and, you know, you're really like, busting your behind to kind of make this thing happen, you know, maybe it's time to really, you know, look back at your tools and see kind of what you can do to improve upon your position. So so that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm just kind of retooling and I'm looking at uh, getting in a pair of shoes. So I have a few options that I'm kind of going over and I don't want to spend too much time on the podcast kind of weeding those out. But uh, if you're interested in taking taking uh, an interest there, or maybe, you know, jumping in and putting your input in the shoe bonanza, check me out at The Fittest Smith on Instagram. And I'm going to make a post sometime within the next probably 48 hours about it. And we're going to get this done because I want to make sure that my feet are protected as I continue to train. All right, guys. So uh, next, moving moving on to the podcast, as always, I have another heavy duty topic that I want to, I want to discuss. And I kind of been on a roll in the last few weeks, I feel like in terms of uh, fitness topics. All right. And so it's, it's kind of been, you know, I've, I've been kind of on a roll. So as you know, this podcast covers everything from fitness, wellness, life. So basically anything and everything is, is inbounds. There's nothing out of bounds that we can't speak about here, but the last few weeks, fitness has been on the forefront. And I think it's for a few reasons. I think, first of all, because the fitness industry has been decimated um, across the world, but particularly here in Toronto with some of the, the lunacy around the closures that we've seen uh, due to the, the, the pandemic and some of the uh, inhumane restrictions on our business structure. And so it's kind of always been on my mind. But um, more particularly now, as we're getting and we're inching closer and closer to that opening day, 
I think that, at least for me, uh, it's 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 been something that's I've made it more prevalent. And, and for anyone who knows me personally, I'm very, I wouldn't say manic, but I'm a little bit manic in terms of the way my energy is persuaded when it comes to fitness and my business and success. And so this topic is really important to me because I think that it it doesn't only stand for my business, but I think it's a representation of all small business out there. Uh, and, and also, you know, in 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 a in a you know, one-off, I guess, the viewpoint standpoint, it can also be a representation to minority small business owners. So there's a lot of layers to this. I don't want to get too, too, too deep, but I just want to make sure that this is something that is touched on and it's highlighted because it's real and it does exist. So I, I want to start off with kind of the responsibility um, as a small owner in the health and wellness, a small business owner in the health and wellness industry. So this is something that I think is a, is, it's a commoditized position. And what I mean by this is that there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of interest in trying to be a small business owner. So there's a lot of people who are really interested in running their own business, particularly in business and kind of being their own boss. I think there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of levels and a lot of layers to what it takes to be a boss, but that's not what this is about. This, this podcast is more about the commoditization of that process and how exciting it is for some people to have the opportunity to run their own business. However, I will say this, for as exciting as it can be, there are many, many, many shortcomings within our industry, and I'm speaking about health and wellness. So that's not just you know personal training, that's chiropractic, that's, 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 that's osteo, that's uh, athletic therapy, whatever it is. There's many, many shortcomings in our industry that stifle our ability to be successful. And and you know, over the last few weeks, I was presented with several examples that really led me to say, you know what, I need to turn this into a podcast. Not because these are new, but because these are consistent and they are insistent and they continue to be the a cyclical approach to small business. And if there and, and it's not to pat myself on the back, but if this were somebody lesser they may not survive if they continue to be confronted with some of the nonsensical approach from the people who are trying to commoditize what we do. And so, you know, not to, you know, turn this into smoke and mirrors, but I want to kind of break this down into the active business. So in the active business, you have your producer, your producer being the person who's, who's developing the goods, all right? And then you have your platform. Your platform is where there's the exchange of goods. And then you have your consumer, the person who is purchasing or acquiring the goods. So, you know, in a small business world, that doesn't change at all. The only thing that changes is the volume in which you are working. All right. And so a lot of people will say, like, why would you want to do that? You're not making a lot of money. It's not, it, it's not equivalent. You guys got to understand. So a lot of people think because you're running a small business, you're not making a lot of money. I love when people say that's me because it's never been about how small or how large your business is. It's about how efficient it runs. The more efficient your business is, the more you're getting out of it, regardless of the size. And so a lot of people get caught up in this volume approach. Keep in mind, it's never been, I made a post about this on my social media a, a few months ago, and I had a lot of people respond to it, and they were very appreciative of it. A lot of successful colleagues that I know, business has never been about how much you make. It's all about how much you keep. So you can go out and make $50,000 a year, but if you're keeping $50, what are we really talking about? But if you make $1,000 and you keep 900, who's really winning? 
So I, like, when we talk about the small business approach, it's the exact same structure. So you have your producer, you have your platform, then you have your consumer. So I think where the gap in logic and reason is, is that the producer, and, and I do not want to speak for the bad business owners, because what's going to happen is someone's going to listen to this and say, well, you know, I, there was that, that owner on, uh, on Front and George. And, and it's like, guys, I can't generalize to the particular. For those of you guys who are philosophy heads, this is something that I learned when I was in my undergrad. Generalizing to, to the particular, meaning that you are going to apply the general consensus of thought to one situation or individual just because you had a front and church or front and george or whoever whatever owner that you know did wasn't good doesn't mean that all the other owners aren't good or that all the other owners don't care about business so let's squash that right up front however i want it to be clear that when we're going through this transactional process small business owners are just like large business owners they are looking for a few things they're looking for good 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 clientele, they're looking for repeat clientele, they're looking for good associates, and they're looking for consistent income, all right? So in order to do that, they have to build a good, uh, they have to build a good social structure for people to want to be a part of. So on the consumer side, they're looking for a few things as well. I think they're looking for, I would say, first and foremost, a, a good social structure. They're trying to ingratiate themselves. And this is in the fitness world. They're trying to ingratiate themselves in a structure that they can see themselves taking part in long term. You know, income and all that type of stuff, that variates. And I can make a whole other podcast about that when it comes to the business of, of personal training. If you guys are interested, feel free to leave me a comment and just let me know. But I want to stick on this kind of transactional approach right now. So you you have the consumer who's looking for that good social structure. So somewhere where they can replicate success over a long period of time. Now, the platform is, is, is important, but it's not the be all and end all. So I'll give you an example. I, I own two fitness facilities in the Toronto area now. We're very, very successful fitness organization, but I wasn't always in that place. I've been in a place where my platform was um, another person's facility where I'd hide in the back and train people. Or I've been in that place where the platform was in a park, in a sandbox, you know? I've been, I've been there. Or I've, I've, you know, I've been in, in, in place. I've, I could go on. I could go down the list. So the platform, the, but keep in mind, that didn't change consumers from wanting to in, in, engage in what I produce. That's because, as I mentioned, the people were good. The social structure was good. The economy, all that stuff was good. So consumers want to continue to come. So I don't believe the platform is really of effect. However, from talking from the small business owner side, it seems like it's one-way traffic. So sometimes when I hear people complain about business owners and, you know, things they've done and, you know, people stealing their money and all this stuff, it... It, it, it just feels like such a tired narrative, just a real tired narrative. And what I mean tired is because it's a lazy narrative. It's really, it's really interesting. It's really, it's really easy to come to a small business owner and request them to do A, B, and C. And then when they don't do A, B, and C, to say, ha, you know what? You, you're, you're trash. You're no good. You know, it's, it's nonsense. I'm out of here. I'm going to complain about you. That's, that's such a tired narrative. Like, it's such a tired narrative. It's, the irony of this is that the scales aren't even. 
The scales aren't even because when you go to these big, these big corporate giants, these guys treat you like trash every single time you go in there and you still continue to go back. And then, you know, the crazy thing is you create this reason, reasoning and rationale about why you're going back. In reality, we all know it's BS. So I think there's a lot of validity there when we're talking about how we treat small business owners versus these corporate giants or even these mid-majors. So I just want to kind of highlight that because I think there's a lot of value in that there. So it's really one-way traffic when we talk about the small business owner down to the consumer. What I want to highlight today is the consumer to the small business owner because there's absolutely a social responsibility for the small business owner to take care of the consumer, but I believe that thing does also, it goes both ways. And there's a lot of power in understanding this. There's also a lot of power in, in speaking about this because we don't want to identify it. And a lot of the times, small business owners are degraded or they're insulted or they're demeaned for, you know, speaking about experiences that they have had you know, with, with consumers who didn't uphold the standards of their business. And so I just want to kind of give you a rundown. And I want to be frank before I'm going to lay out the disclaimer first. I want to be frank before I say anything uh, moving forward. This is not a jaded soul who's speaking. This is not a scorned individual. Like, I'm not thinking about this and being like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I would be more successful. None of that stuff, guys. Uh, our, our facilities are very successful. We have many, pa uh, many patients, many clients, many people in general. We are good when it comes to running a business. However, that doesn't mean that these things don't exist. And as I said, that doesn't mean that someone in a lesser position may not get thrown off path or potentially lose their business with this type of approach from the consumer side. So I'm going to just kind of lay out a few examples of what I mean here. So I'm going to just start off by prefacing and saying that consumers tend to come to small business owners with a, and when I say consumers, I'm going to, it's, it's ironic because I'm almost going backwards, I'm going to create a generalization. It's not everyone because we have, as I mentioned, we have great members, we have great patients, great clients, we have we have that all. But the, the, the trouble or the problem consumer that comes in tends to come to a business owner and believe that the business owner is supposed to service what they want. That's not how things work. Uh, in our industry. And in fact, um, you, I hope you guys understand that when you come to any business, you're coming to a business because of the service they have, not the service that you would like. But you will find that uh, a lot of consumers will come to small business owners and they will create the narrative of what they'd like. And if you aren't able to fulfill that narrative, then they will create an enemy out of you. Then you will be their social media fodder. And it becomes this, this, as I said, the silical approach of just, just laziness. And so I'm going to give you an example using only the strong. We have a very, very strong social media presence. We have tons, as I mentioned, we have tons of really, really happy members and clients and all that type of stuff. We have a 4.9 rating on Google with over 50 plus reviews for our initial location. We have a 5.0 rating for our brand new location. We, we have done good work in our communities. However, we still have our, our fair share of knuckleheads. I'll give you an example. So I had a, I had a, I guess somebody, I don't know who they were, uh, give me a call um, uh, at, 6, 6 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I, it was from WhatsApp. I, I saw it like in WhatsApp, the app. That it, someone was ringing me from, I had no idea the, the number, the name, never seen this person before. Uh, there was no picture. Call, call me six times in a row. And, and, and something that I've learned, not just in business, but just in general, is if, if someone doesn't leave a message, it's usually not that important. And in fact, don't answer phone numbers of people you do not know. 
So, you know, I disregarded the message. I'm like, I don't know who this is. Someone calling to sell me something, telemarketing, whatever. No big deal. Uh, I end up going to work. I'm sitting here at my desk and I get an email that pops in. And on the email, it says that I've been, uh, I've been given a Google review. And I said, oh, that's cool. I click open the Google review, guys. I'm given a one star. And I said, I'm like, what? I'm like, what? What's going on here? Like, what are you talking about? One star? I'm like, we've never, just, just to preface this, guys, we have never had a one star review in our entire existence. This is not like, oh, we've had a few people, you know, didn't work out well, we made a bad decision. No, we never had a one star review in our entire existence. Entire existence. So, you know, I, I go and, and, and I open up the review and check out the, the review E, I guess. And the review, I can't even remember. It, and the review is still there. I, I can't even remember the person's name. I don't know who it is. I, I see them and the, and the review just says uh, uh, one star. Um, something, something along the lines of communication um, is important or something. like Just like some really generic narrative. So that was the name, Serena Brand. I'm pretty sure that was the name. It just came back to me. Serena Brand. I'm like, who's this? I'm searching this person, can't find them. I have no idea who this is. And then immediately it clicks in. And I say, oh man, don't tell me this is the person who called this morning at 6 a.m. from WhatsApp. So I decide, you know what? Listen, man, this is, this is a really heavy blow on our business. I'm a very prideful person. I want to make sure that this doesn't affect us in the long run. So I go and I go call back the, the WhatsApp number. Does the person answer? No. Call them back again. They answer? No. Call them back again. Do they answer? No. And so then I respond on social, on, on Facebook and I say, hey, on, on Google and I say, hey, um, I just, just wanted to uh, clarify. I, I have zero idea as to who you are. Uh, we've never encountered you. We've never done any business with you. Um, not at all sure why this is here, but we'd appreciate it if you remove this review. Obviously, as you know, how people are on social media, nobody responds, nobody does anything. And I complained to Google uh, and I said, hey, listen, you know, what's going on? We don't know this person, yada, yada, yada. They said they reviewed it and, and it's justified. And, and so, guys, that's kind of the first example I have to you just to kind of warm you up with the nonsense that small business owners deal with. I had my 5.0 review and you would think, oh, that's a small thing. No, this is a prideful. This is something like I've been in the industry for over a decade. I have had that facility for like six years now. So I've like put my blood, sweat and tears to building that business. We've had a, a spotless review and that doesn't mean we haven't had some people who've come and, and maybe haven't had as great of a time as others. That's, that's natural. That's normal. That's how you get better. But we've had a spotless negative review process. And some moron comes in out of nowhere and decides, I'm going to call you at 6 a.m. And because you're not answering or responding to what I want off of WhatsApp, I have no clue who you are. I'm just going to leave you a one-star review and move forward. And, and, and I just feel like that, that, that is a, is an indication of the, the social responsibility from the consumer to the small business. To understand that you may do that to a large business, a corporate entity, but they don't care, guys. Because as I said, you guys are out there going to them anyway. Like, they don't care. Why would they care? Uh, uh, this is a complete side topic, but like, I'll give you an example. I was talking to a friend recently about TD Bank, and we were laughing. And she was saying, she works in the financial industry. She was saying TD Bank won't make any changes for anyone. Why do they have to? They're the biggest bank in Canada. 
Where's anyone else going to go? If you don't like it, go somewhere else. You're always going to end up coming back. And it's the same thing with corporate business. If you guys continue to support them, why would they want to make change? So I see people making posts upset about this and that and the other. And it's just laughable because it's like, yo, you have these small businesses out here who are working day and night to give you a, a similar and in fact, in more, more cases, more impactful service. But you're giving them one stars because you call them randomly at 6 a.m. in the morning and they don't respond to you. Like, like, you know, that I think that's the epitome of, and this happened, I think, maybe a year and a half ago, but it's just the epitome of kind of where we've fallen short. And now I'm going to give you some more examples. They have a, I have a whole list. I, I recently spoke to an individual um, who said that, you know, they had a family member that they wanted to get started with, you know, the, the act of of uh of training they said they wanted the family member to enjoy some 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 you know personal training and they said hey like listen um i would uh i would love i would love to uh you know have recommendations and so on and so forth and so this is on social media and so i sent them a direct message i sat down took 45 minutes laid out an, an outstanding email put in our links references guys I am not above the grind as a, as a small business owner. I'm not someone who's sitting down sending somebody else. I don't, I don't call my, my admin and say, hey, listen, can you go email these people? No, no, I'm not above that grind. I put in my heart and soul every time I step to the plate when it comes to business and success. So I sat down, wrote this excellent email, which I do all the time, I might add. If I could show you my Facebook, you would see it's filled with, it's filled with message, not emails, messages to people that are completely and utterly composed for that individual based upon what they're asking for. So I wrote this excellent message and the person responded, and said, oh, thank you so much. We'd love to chat. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit more. Said, yeah, said, these are the services we have. This is what we're looking at. This is how we can help your family member. If you'd like to talk more, let's set up a, a, a call. Let's set up a call and let's make this happen. This individual said, yeah, no problem. Let's do, let's say it was it was Wednesday at, at, at 11 a.m. I say, okay, no problem. No, sounds good. So, you know, small business owner, I'm busy. I have lots of stuff going on. Guys, we're about to open indoors for the first time in a year and a half. Like, my, my schedule's busy, but when I see an opportunity and someone is interested and I've made the commitment personally, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put everything aside to make this happen. So, you know, I move things out the way. I make things, you know, I spread things out. I say, okay, listen, I'm going to sit down and spend this time to work with this person to nurture this relationship. So, you know, uh, Wednesday comes 1045, lock this in. I sit down and ready. I got my notes on the person, did my research on the background of the person that they're trying to uh, get in, in terms of like the physical ailments, limitations, just so we can have a concise conversation, guys. This is not what you see in corporate fitness. Small business is where it is because this is where the effort and energy is and so impactful. So I sit down, I call this person at 11, don't get a hold of them. Say, no problem. Uh, I'm going to wait a second. Call them back five minutes later. Don't get a hold of them. I leave a message this time, a voicemail. Don't hear from them in about 10 minutes. So then I send them a message on Facebook. Hey, just wanted to let you know we had a meeting. Just gave you a call. Let me know uh, another time I can give you a shout. This person doesn't respond for an hour. An hour later responds and says, oh, you know, uh, got caught up, got busy, you know, just, um, you know, let me, let me, let me gather myself and I'm going to reach out to you again. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, are you serious? Like, are you actually serious? Like, if you were to go to a lawyer and do that, you would have already, you already lost your retainer. Like, you can't book anyone's time and then just feel like, man, like, I'm just going to peace out and like, no big deal. And this is not about this person working with me. It's not about the transit, none, none of that stuff. It's about the fact that the respect you show to the small business owner, it really does speak volumes. 
Like, what if I had another opportunity to add a client to the roster in the facility that I haven't been able to operate for a year and a half? But instead, I put that opportunity aside because I wanted you to be the forefront of most importance, and that's how you treat me. So instead, because as a small business owner, you always have to take the short end of the stick, I say, no problem. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let you reach out to me. So she says, okay, cool. I don't hear from this person. It's been two, three, four days gathering themselves. Five, so a week later, as a small business owner, what you do is you reach out because you can't allow people to sit around and, and wait. No one's going to run up to you and say, hey, I can't wait to invest in your business. That's not how it works. You have to go and show people the value of your business. So I say, hey, I reach out to the person. Hey, just wanted to let you know it's just been over a week. Hadn't heard from you. I'd love to work with your individual. Can we set up another time to talk? And this person responds to me, guys, and I kid you not, this person responds to me and says, hey, um, uh, can you tell me your, your pricing? Keep in mind, the first conversation, we, I already sent this big detailed email, sent to the link to our website, all that type of stuff. And oh, and, and the person I'm considering bringing for training has um, decided to look at options. They're, they're giving me options that they would like to choose for their, their trainer. And so, guys, the hilarity is here for so many reasons. So, first of all, just the fact that you say, can you give me your training price shows that you didn't even ingest the information that I gave you from the beginning. So, it shows me that you weren't even serious about interacting with me from the beginning. So, as a small business owner, I've just spent upwards of two to three hours investing my time in planning for you, preparing for you, talking to you for someone who was never invested to begin with. Furthermore, then you tell me, oh, the individual is going to choose. They're going to choose who they want to, who they want to, but there's no, clearly I'm not a choice because you, you, you didn't even know my services. So what are we even doing here? So what am I, what am I sending you information for? Like, I'm not in a place where I'm, I told you we're running a very successful business. I'm the business owner. I'm not in a place where I'm begging for anyone's business. And so I just want to kind of give you, this is an example. Guys, this has happened to me for years. If I wasn't strong enough to overcome it, we would have already collapsed as a business. That's not the only one. Guys, I can go down the list. So many examples. I have another, another, another person that I spoke to for our Etobicoke location. Same situation. Hey, you know, I'm looking for, uh, you know, getting into personal training. I need someone with a facility. I really want to engage and get myself going. I sit down, write them another excellent, an excellent message laid out. Hey, listen, I'm so excited to get you in. These are the reasons why I think we can be fruitful. This is what I'd like to see from you. Uh, can, let's, let me know if you're interested. They say, yes, I'm absolutely interested. I, I say, okay, awesome. We start with an initial consultation. Unfortunately, we're not open yet. However, once we are, what I can do is we can bring you in for that. I'll have my administrator send you an email to confirm the consultation and we'll be ready to go. We do have an opportunity to go outside though, if you'd like to. Oh, uh, no, sorry, Dan. Like, I, I, I just don't like working out, like, you know, outdoors is not really my jam. Uh, I will wait for the email from the, okay, no problem. You want to give me your email? Okay, absolutely. All right, send the email to my administrator. So, I reach out to her. It's been three weeks. I reach out to her. We're about to open. And I say, hey, Blank, just wanted to let you know, you know, we're ready to go. Haven't forgotten about you. Uh, we're going to be open in about a week or so. My administrator will send you an email. We're going to confirm your, your, your consultation. I can't wait to get started. Oh, uh, you know, I found somebody. But don't worry. I'll keep you in mind for the future. Guys, listen, I'm going to tell you this. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't care what you think of yourself, uh, how much money you have, how successful you've been in life, any of those things. Like when it comes to these interpersonal interactions, particularly with small business owners, the worst thing you can say to them is I'll keep you in mind for the future. It's especially in a system where it's a service based system, like personal training. It's the absolute insult and the biggest slap in the face for the organization because it's a coy way of saying, not, not what you really want to say, but undermining me and my profession. You'll keep me in mind for what? So what? You're going to just work with, with, uh, Johnny or Clark and you're just going to one day decide, Oh, let me just call Daniel. Not that's never going to happen. You show me one person that was just working with their trainer and then just went behind. This is not a relationship. You know, this is not a relationship where it's not like cheaters, where you're just with your guy and then one day you come home, bust open the door and your guy's with another girl. That's not how it works, guys. When it comes to this industry, you work with one person and you work with them. It's such a, it's, it's such a nonchalant, weak, lazy way of saying, listen, I'm not going to do this. And I think it just undermines everything that we are as an organization, as an industry. And more importantly, even before that, just the fact that you had me going through hoops. Once again, as I said, I don't care. I don't care at all about this individual. They don't care about me, but I put in this effort because they said this is what they wanted. Why make me go through the song and dance of talking back and forth with you, speaking in and out, doing all sorts of stuff. I get your email, send it to my minister. I got to pay that person to draft up an email and talk to them about you and your success. Like, I hope you understand that. So I had to take my time, invest my time to get you going. Then I had to go and pay that person. So now I've wasted income to get you going only for you to not even have the human decency to be like, hey, hey, man, just want to let you know I found someone. Thanks so much. Like, and, and like, listen, guys, you can tell me what you want. Maybe they forgot. No, no, no. There is nobody who forgets. If I showed you some of the messages I've sent to some people, I should, I should even, I might even screenshot and, and attach it to this podcast so you can check it out. But if I showed you the depth in which I go and there's nobody who can forget because there's, I'm telling you, there's nobody else sending a message like that. You cannot forget me. I can tell you that with the amount of detail I go into. So it's one of those things where it's not about a forget. You just didn't respect. And so you can imagine this thing happens anywhere between three to four times every two to three weeks. This is a constant process in the fitness industry as a small business owner. Guys, I've had members that come to my facility right now, not get what they want, and then say, you know what? Let me kick and scream. I'm going to send belligerent emails to the administrator because I don't like what they're saying and then CC all of the people who work at the organization to kick and scream so I can get what I want. Guys, would you think that could ever happen in any other organization? Do you think that that's possible? Like, do you think that that's, uh, do you think that that was going to be received correctly? Like, that, that, it, it's just, it's mind boggling to me the, the, the social responsibility that the consumer kind of Gla glances away from and kind of rolls off their back, yet the enormous height of responsibility they expect from a small business owner. And I just, I just, I could go story for story for story, guys. This is not, I have three other stories that I had laid out thinking about in my head for today. I'm not even going to touch on because of how much in depth I went into with the others. I, I, I just want to be clear 
once again, this is not a scorned person. I'm not upset uh, in the sense that I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm so hurt by this person. Guys, if for, for those of you who listen to my podcast, I speak passionately about everything I speak about. But I do want it to be clear. If you are a consumer of any small business good, it doesn't have to be health and wellness, but any small business good, I want you to be empathetic to the process and the situation that this person is in and where they are coming from. Even before the pandemic, it was already hard enough to get to where they are, to build their success, to take the risk that hundreds of others would never, ever consider. Now, add in a pandemic where for a year and a half, your entire business struggle uh, structure was torn on its head. It was flipped on its head. For a year and a half, the health and wellness industry was shut down, guys. It was shut down for a year and a half. And then the audacity you, you have to come in and have conversations and interactions with people and demand things and request things and then ghost them, disappear, disrespect them. Like, I hope you understand that it's simply not right. So when you sit out there in the world and you complain about, you know, the corporate they don't care about us and Walmart this and McDonald's, you know, this and, you know, and, and Amazon, look, the workers and, you know, pay me a living, a wage and all this stuff. And it's like, guys, it's, it's crazy when we're throwing stones living in that glass house because so many of those exact same people who are, who are self-righteous and screaming and, 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 and they're exuberant about the fact that you know, they're being treated poorly about these corporate giants are doing the exact same thing to their next door neighbor who's just trying to get by. So my hope is from this, this, this podcast, guys, that we're able to kind of take a realization and understand that it's, 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 it's just not right and it's not justified. And I hope that we're able to look at small business with a, with a whole nother lens and a whole other appreciation and particularly health and wellness. I hope, I hope we're able to really, you know, step out and take an opportunity to support, support them in, in, in where they are right now. I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but there's no Uber for fitness. You know, there's, 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 there's no way to replicate what the fitness industry does. It's just not possible as, unless you have a facility. So when your facility is closed, you're literally on, on the razor's edge to losing your entire life. No one will know how close I was to, 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 to wrapping this whole thing up. No one has an idea how close I was to losing everything all, losing, losing everything, like getting rid of everything, like having to, you know, potentially be homeless. No one will ever know any of those things, but it's really none of your business. However, and, and, you know, and, and I'm not here to, to, to make you feel bad about it or, or make you feel like you need to care. or I don't need sympathy. However, empathy is impactful, it's important. And I hope that I'm speaking from the minds of all the other small business owners out there when I, when I say this. And I hope that collectively uh, we can come together and show a united front of strength. And for the consumers, I hope you can continue to come in and immerse yourself with our business and our services and our products in the most professional and respectful way possible because that's all we ask for. We don't even care if you decide to continue with us, stay with us, or even if you decide you don't want to work with us, that's fine. But just treat us with respect because that's what we do every single day when we get up and we put in our time to build our business. Thank you so much, guys. It's been another podcast. 
Uh, hopefully it wasn't too deep or dark for you. I just wanted to, you know, put an insight out there just so you guys can kind of see from the mind of the small business owner what things are all about. Uh, before we wrap it up today, I wanted to give a shout out to our Patreon account. I haven't talked about it in a while. We do have a Patreon account for the Real Raw Recorded podcast. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon and continue to support, I've dropped the link in the podcast description below so you can check that out there. Uh, we also have exclusive content. We have something called our 5-Minute Fit Focus, which is our exclusive content drop for only our Patreon subscribers. So if you guys are looking for uh, fitness-specific tips, tricks, and all those other great things, go check us out on Patreon and you can continue to join the movement. Until then, guys, we will see you next week. Peace and love. Thank you for supporting Real Raw Recorded. Help us grow by sharing, subscribing, and rating this episode. And as always, we will see you next week.